Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. All right, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today we've got another MPI Mastery Spotlight, where we uh, spotlight a chiropractor that is trained in Motion Palpation Institute and doing some really good things out in the community for the profession and just doing it the right way and uh, mixing clinical skill set with business and marketing and uh, growth development and just, you know, really um, having a, a, a thriving practice. And that's what we want to spotlight every so often here is docs out there doing really good things in the trenches and enjoying what they do. And this uh, this spotlight, this MPI Mastery Spotlight is Dr. Lindsay Muma. And uh, she is in, uh, Carol, in the Carolinas and doing a lot of great work uh, with uh, pregnancy, postpartum, works with athletes as well. We dive into that. We have a really good discussion and um, I think you're going to get a lot out of uh, her mindset and the confidence and uh, the wherewithal to really build a team around her and focus on her unique ability. So we dive into that. I I got a lot out of this interview and it was exciting uh, to get to know Lindsay and uh, it was the first time we had chatted and uh, they were you know, she was highly recommended by MPI to hop on the podcast with us and hopefully provide you with some inspiration and just uh, really uh, tangible information you can take and apply to your practice. And so that is going to be our interview today. Uh, before we dive into that, uh, the book that I wrote and published by Parker University is still on pre-order, so you can get it uh, for $19.99 instead of the normal $24.99 that it will be once it goes to print. It will go to print at some point in August, and we'll make sure to let you know that, but you can check that out at bit.ly, bit.ly slash doing it right, MCM, as in modern chiropractic marketing. So that is bit.ly slash doing it right MCM. I hope you check that out. Again, it's a book and a workbook. We really make it applicable to your practice. It's not just marketing theory. You're going to work through that and really apply a lot of this to your uh, community and your practice and grow your, grow your, um, you know, uh, audience and, and your positioning in the community, you, you know, your expertise. It's just really going to be elegant marketing. That's not the cheesy stuff where you're trying to drag people into your practice, but better yet position you as an authority figure on health, especially musculoskeletal health in your community. So check that out. That's bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y slash doing it right, MCM. And now here's my interview with Dr. Lindsay Muma. All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lindsay Muma. I really appreciate your time today. And this is the MPI Mastery Spotlight. It's our second one. It's always enjoyable to touch base with uh, practitioners out in the field. And so welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And I want you to, before we dive into some of the uh, details of your your practice and things like that, just tell us a little bit about yourself, both uh, personally and professionally. Well, I live and practice in Raleigh, North Carolina. I have two kiddos. I have boys that are about to turn four and seven. Um, uh-huh. My husband is a teacher here, uh, and we have a nice little homestead. We've got some chickens and some fruit trees and some blueberry bushes, and my kids run around like the wild little men that they are. <laughs> uh, 
And that's uh, kind of me in a nutshell. So you're probably doing okay during the, the COVID without the schooling and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, so my husband, you know, people keep asking me cause he's a teacher. Yeah. Um, he teaches at one of the local public high schools and but he doesn't know any more information than any of the parents do. Um, so we actually homeschool our oldest and that was something that we were doing pre COVID. And mm. so we're just continuing with that. He's going to be going into second grade. Um, and then my husband is, thinks he's going to be teaching virtually from his school mm -hmm. for the first couple of weeks and then kids are going to be introduced it's where you know i mean like everywhere else it's just still kind of up in the air yeah it's it's a challenge no doubt and so we're all all just figuring it out but um so i had reached out to mpi because it was that time to where we were going to spotlight another doc and and they highly recommended you um where did you where did you graduate from chiropractic school and then roll into how you first were introduced to mpi uh, I graduated from Palmer Davenport in 2011. Uh, so it was 2008 when I went to my first MPI course. I was in second try um, and it was a CT course uh, back when it was just, you know, kind of regional courses. And so mm -hmm. Mark King was teaching cervical thoracic and I had gone to the MPI club mm -hmm. a couple of times and some of the upperclassmen had said, you know, if you really want to get good at this stuff, you need to go to a seminar. And I was like, Oh, that sounds expensive. I don't know if I can do this. Um, and then I just, I fell in love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I probably at least once a month found myself at a seminar from that point on. Because wow, that's I realized great. how much, like how much learning outside of the classroom was really helping me to adapt what I was learning in the classroom and make it more approachable mm -hmm. because, okay, so you asked for more about me personally. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I decided to be a chiropractor when I was 16 and then, um, and I'm, I'm kind of smart. I, I, I do okay. I, you know, graduated with over a four point and all of that. But mm -hmm. when it came to things that come easily to me, I got a perfect score on the ACT in English and oh. I got a, so that's a 36. I got a 24 in science. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I have my strengths and yeah. I, I, when I started college, I was playing volleyball and I was taking just a boatload of science classes because I was mm. doing, you know, I was essentially in like a pre-med uh, track. And so I was doing biology and chemistry and I had calculus and I, I was just completely overwhelmed with all of the things going on. And so I was like, I don't know if I can be a chiropractor. And I tried to not, like I, mm -hmm. I, I attempted to change my major and that only happened for uh, about a semester. And I was like, no, I want to be a chiropractor. I really want to change people's lives in, in the way that my chiropractor had changed my life. And so when I got to chiropractic college, then it was just, you know, obviously nothing but science, which I knew going in, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was very overwhelming. And so all of these things seemed so, so unimportant. I know that sounds really silly, but you know, 
the, my gross anatomy and spinal anatomy classes, I was like, okay, obviously I understand why these things are important, but like getting into biochemistry was not that interesting to me yeah. because it didn't seem like something that I was really going to be applying in my microbiology class and my pathology classes. Like these things were not, they didn't seem tangible. Mm -hmm. And when I started going to seminars, I started realizing where that, like the minutia of the science was actually being applied. Yeah. And yeah. so then my out of classroom experience that I was getting at seminars allowed me to go back on Monday and like nose to the grindstone, get back into those sciences and mm -hmm. really kind of plow through so that I was, I was getting a better understanding of what it is of these like big concepts that I was being introduced to over the weekends. And so I, I think that MPI not only helped me like develop a clinical skill set, but it actually helped me decide Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is going to be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else uh, to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of a lot of the lingo and the words are beyond my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. So I, you, you just have to have this type of stuff done. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing and Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. Yeah, you know, I had this very similar story as well as far as I wanted to be a chiropractor early. I wasn't good at sciences. I never wanted to deal with sciences, but then went to Florida State University and exercise physiology to get to chiropractic school. But I found I didn't like the hard sciences that weren't really applied sciences. You know, like for me, I loved biochemistry, but I hated chemistry. I liked uh, anatomy and physiology. Uh, it, it's interesting how that works. But yeah, once you start going to uh, motion palpation. I was doing MPI and like active release technique, and I was able to bring it back to school a lot better. And and obviously the cadaver lab and things like that. So I, I agree with you on that. It helps you uh, learn the application of the actual sciences, right? Yeah, it brought that light at the end of the tunnel just a little bit closer. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit. Just uh, give me a inside look of your practice and some of the offerings you provide. Let's let's really dive into your practice. Uh, well, so when I started, I, I had a really strong interest in rehab, which obviously I kind of got from being involved in the MPI world. MPI really just opened up so many different doorways for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I got, you know, pretty heavy into DNS and I did ART and Graston and all kinds of different rehab techniques. And, and I really liked, you know, I was an athlete myself and I liked working with athletes and that's kind of what I wanted to do. But then in 2012, my husband and I decided that we were going to get pregnant. And I realized that I had already taken care of a couple of pregnant patients and I had done a little bit extra in my, you know, I was at a seminar every weekend. So at least a couple of pregnancy ones in there, but I, um, I, I didn't feel like I had enough information myself in mm -hmm. order to 
get pregnant and, and know what my best choices were and stuff. And so I kind of dove into learning about these things myself. And then when we got pregnant, it was, it was just kind of natural for me to share these things with the patient population that I was seeing as I was learning them, which mm -hmm. then led them to refer other pregnant patients to me. And then somehow I just got real involved in pregnancy and postpartum. And I think mm -hmm. it was because I was practicing while pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I was also working out while I was pregnant. And that seems pretty, I mean, honestly, in 2020, it seems pretty normal to work out mm -hmm. when you're pregnant. In 2012 and 2013, it was still people were asking me if it was okay for me to do the things that I was doing. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I ended up just kind of becoming a place where people could come to ask questions. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they started referring their pregnant and postpartum friends and family to me. And and that became a large part of what I was doing in my practice. And I realized that all of the rehab that I had gotten into wasn't without purpose because mm -hmm. the best way to prepare this ever-changing body of pregnancy is with adjustments and rehabilitative techniques. Mm -hmm. And so then on the postpartum side, you know, that's one thing that's completely missing in the postpartum healthcare, especially within our country, is postpartum rehab. And mm -hmm. so I was able to take the all of the information that I'd gathered in a lot of <laughs> seminars and a lot of uh, continuing ed and study and stuff to apply that to instead of a an athlete post-injury or mm -hmm. prehabilitatively, I was able to apply that to pregnant and postpartum patients and, and was seeing a lot of really, really great success in patients who, you know, they were used to what one version of being treated as a pregnant patient looked like. And mm -hmm. I was kind of offering a little bit different approach to that because it was more of an active care. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I just kind of pivoted from a primarily sports and rehab focused practice to a primarily pregnancy and postpartum rehab focused practice. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so we still see you know, we still see adolescents, we still see athletes, I still see weekend warriors, we still see plenty of men in the practice. And, mm -hmm. you know, I see uh, pre and post menopausal women. I, I mean, I, you know, I see the whole gamut. Yeah, it's, it's a good example of like, it's, it's okay to have a niche and then add another niche to it. And even when you get pretty niched, you're still going to have regular patients, right? It's not like it's all going to be pregnancy or all athletes. Exactly. Well, and especially because once you establish trust with a the patient, they want to refer the people that they love into your office. And so mm -hmm. if you are like, no, I'm only going to see you if you're pregnant. Well, that I want to continue to care for you, you know, and I'd love yeah. to see your family too. And, and it's like you, you mentioned earlier where you had this strong background in, in rehab, but it was geared towards athletes. But then you realize like, well, the same stuff is applicable to, you know, pregnant pregnant or postpartum. It's just, you got to obviously tweak it a little bit. There's going to be some differences in, in the population. Uh, but yeah, there's no reason why you can't apply it uh, to that. Right, right. That's Perfect. And so how long have you had your own practice? Um, I graduated in 2011 and then I opened my practice in 2012. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I, so I told you I'm kind of smart, right? But I also mm -hmm. know that I'm kind of smart. And so sometimes I have to remind myself that I'm not the smartest. <laughs> uh, and so I, uh, I actually did not study for part four boards. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and I just, I was convinced that I, uh, that all of the, the hands-on work that I was doing, cause I actually interned with Mark 
in Cincinnati. And so, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm just me. kidding. I hope he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I cut out. That's why you said you're <laughs> No, we like to, Mark and I, we, you know, obviously we like to make fun of each other. Yeah, no, it was a horrible experience. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I was convinced, you know, I'm, I'm acting out part four boards here. And so mm-hmm. um, I passed, no problem. So I, um, I ended up getting, I think it was a 450 on my, um, part four boards mm-hmm. when I needed a 475. And so oh. I, I didn't just need to pass boards. I actually needed to get a higher score to practice mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Um, and you know, studying might've been helpful. So I, uh, I had to wait six months and I had to take part four again. I was so mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and honestly, like at that point in time, I was just embarrassed. Like I got the clinical excellence award when I graduated, I was like mm-hmm. ready to take over the world. Um, and I got my board score and I just started sobbing inconsolably. And my husband, my fiance at the time, he was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm never going to be able to, we have to move. And he was like, what are you talking about? Um, but so uh, after I retook part four, I studied that time. Um, it was a lot easier the second time, actually. But uh, I got well over 475, and so I was able to get my license, and I opened my practice in 2012, and, you know, just six months later than what I was planning, and, uh, and I've been going ever since. So the first, uh, the first several years, until last year, so the first seven and a half years, I was a cash practice, okay. which Mark told me that I should accept insurance, but he didn't realize that he had told me when I was in second try without specifically talking to me, he mm-hmm. said, people are going to have to pay for their healthcare. So you better figure out how to be good yep. because when they have to pay, they care if you're good. Yep. And I was like, Oh, well, people are going to have to pay anyway. So I'll just never take insurance. And then I won't have to worry about it. <laughs> that's what, that's what I heard him tell me. Yeah. And he's always like, I don't know, you know, you could just accept insurance. People love using their insurance. And I was like, I don't want to mess with it. Um, mm-hmm. but then last year I decided that, that we would go ahead and accept insurance. I, Hired my first associate in 2018, and then okay. we started accepting insurance last year. So this year, we actually are seeing more people outside of pregnancy and postpartum, and I mm-hmm. think it's just because we're accepting insurance. Now. So how, let's dive into that a little bit, because a lot of times it goes the other way. People go, yeah. like I, I used to be in network with everything. Now I've slowly gotten out. Florida's gotten hammered with the reimbursement. But um, how's that transition been uh, to insurance for you guys? Um in a word hell but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i mean it, it's just it's kind of interesting because i it was a very expensive process to get in network uh and just for a number of different reasons and then of course the delay of getting payments for about six weeks i was like you know chomping on my nails for a little bit like whoa was this not a good idea um but north carolina has a clearinghouse essentially with South Carolina as well. And so it's, uh, it's, it's not a terrible situation as long, in my opinion, as long as you have somebody who knows what they're doing to take care of it. Cause I am not that person. I don't know what's going on. I barely understand what a deductible is. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my colleagues, so, you know, I was talking to one of my colleagues about how postpartum women, and this is just such a, a common thing across the board, not just specifically with chiropractic care, but they tend to put themselves back burner because the new focus is on this baby and taking care of the family. And so I was seeing a lot of drop off of my postpartum patients. Mm-hmm. And, and my one colleague said, you know, I really think that that is why insurance is great 
because once they've met their deductible, because <laughs> having a baby is expensive, yeah. like they're, they're more likely to follow up with their postpartum care, which is, you know, like I said earlier, that's a place where we tend to drop the ball. Mm-hmm. So um, I have seen a lot more consistent follow-up in postpartum care since going in network because, you know, if it's, if there's one less barrier to entry, then yeah. that I think might make it a little bit easier on new moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it, it's had its challenges, but mm-hmm. once we, once we got things rolling, the, the other part that was really, really challenging is that I hired a new front office manager okay. and then a month later I fired her. So the day that we got in network with insurance was my new front office, my, like my new one after mm-hmm. I fired the old one. It was her first day of work. So <laughs> welcome like, to the job. Welcome to the party. <laughs> and I mean, she's been amazing. Um, I love you, Mary, if you're listening to this. You know, she literally had to hit the ground running because I didn't, I still didn't understand and I still don't understand insurance really. And I couldn't really mm-hmm. give her any guidance. And so, um, yeah, so uh, for me, I just have to be able to delegate that stuff because I, if I get into the weeds on that stuff, then it takes a little bit of the joy of practicing out for me and yeah. I enjoy practicing. So I want to continue to enjoy practicing. All right. And here's a message from our good friend, John Morrison. You know, restarting your practice is not going to be easy, but it's not easy for anyone. This summer, while the rest of the world is either too depressed or too drunk to do anything about their marketing, this is your chance to get ahead. Our friends at Get Clear Sites are giving you an opportunity to get everything you need to have an amazing website in just 30 days. John and his team have put together the Get Clear Summer Challenge. If you think you can hustle like that, you'll get a website for free. For $490, you get the StoryBrand training, their StoryBrand template, and everything you need to master the Get Clear website platform. If you are able to set up your site and go live within 30 days, they'll happily give you back your money as a reward for a job well done. Some of you need this kind of challenge to get your head back in the game. Give your practice the online presence it deserves. Take the Get Clear Summer Challenge, and you can learn more at getclear.ca slash summer. That is getclear.ca slash summer, and take up John and Get Clear Sites with their amazing opportunity. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. So what, what team do you have around you? I know you, you mentioned an office manager and a, an associate. Anybody else in the practice? Uh, yeah, so I um, we actually have, uh, we have a, a general women's fitness class that is mm-hmm based on where women are within their menstrual cycle. And then we have prenatal fitness and we have postpartum rehab classes. And so I have coaches. Uh, So there are three of us who coach. And then I have a couple of coaches who will fill in, um, you know, just like as necessary for vacations and things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I have a front office manager. I have an office coordinator. And then I have a couple of, you know, fill in, uh, front desk attendants. Mm-hmm. Then I have uh, an acupuncturist who works with us. She's she actually practices in New York state. She practices in Brooklyn and she also practices in North Carolina. So she's in like once or twice, once or twice a month. Okay. And then my associate is in um, as well. And then we hire an outside billing company who kind of takes care of a lot of the out of office insurance. That's that's usually smart. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, good. You got a very well-developed team and it sounds like you're big into delegating some of your non-unique uh, abilities. Is that correct? As much as I can. <laughs> Perfect. That's good. And then um, 
you know, your clinical skill set is obviously your, your bread and butter. Uh, how did MPI really help you develop that? I know you went to the classes and you went to the courses and all that, but what about that really helped you uh, set yourself apart from, say, a lot of other chiropractors that come out of school and really kind of struggle with that clinical aspect? Um, several things. So first, MPI was really like the framework from which I built everything else, mm-hmm. you know? So palpation and adjusting is like you said, the bread and butter. And so we can add all of the fancy rehab tools on top of that. But if you can't palpate, then what are you rehabbing? Cause you can't even feel to know what tissues are involved and where you really need to hone in. And so um, I was a rep for MPI. For oh, perfect. So it was, uh, it, that aspect too, I think really helped me to develop my skills because you have to know something well, if you're going to teach it. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot while I was teaching in club. And then also, you know, I was going to every single seminar. Um, so the, you know, I, I had a patient who she actually, I mean, just, you know, in the grand scheme of life, it's a little bit ironic because she got pregnant. She was one of my student clinic patients and she got mm-hmm. pregnant And she said, I'm going to switch to somebody else who is with um, another clinical doc because she's, you know, like really focusing on pregnancy. I I hope you're not mad. And I was like, no, I'm not mad at all. Like, that's not my specialty. Go and see her. Mm -hmm. And she had um, an appointment with, you know, another one of my student colleagues. And she came back and she was like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) She was like, why didn't you tell me that nobody else in seventh try knows how to adjust? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just, you know, I was convinced that if I got into clinic and I didn't know how to adjust that I was behind, even Mm -hmm. though that is actually where you're supposed to learn to adjust. But Mm -hmm. I was able, I mean, I really had two and a half years of learning palpation and adjusting technique. Well, that's the really, honestly, that's the fatal flaw of chiropractic school. You know, they have to, they have to do so much academically, which I get, but if you follow just their curriculum, you're, you're, problem unless let's just say unless you're an outlier you're most likely not going to be good at palpation adjusting and because it takes I mean it takes so long to get good at that right yeah you really have to you have to develop those Mm -hmm. those skills and if all you're doing is you're in classroom you know allotted time set aside for maybe 50 minutes to practice on one person of palpating you're gonna have no idea the difference between a psis and a pious Mm -hmm. you won't be able to tell because you won't have any tissue sense of what's going on and so you know when i got to seventh try i knew how to do a seated ct adjustment i knew how to do you know any anything really. And I certainly had room to grow and I had room to get much better at it, but I knew how to do those things. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't terrified with, you know, having a patient in my hands and not knowing what to do. That's perfect. So let's, let's talk about your aha moment at, at an MPI seminar. What, what, you know, moment where you just said, this is where I've got to be at. This is what's going to really help me on the trajectory that I need. It was when I was in second try and I went to my first semester and Mark said, you have to be good because mm-hmm. people aren't going to be able to rely on their $20 copay any longer. Yeah. Healthcare, you know, and payment for healthcare is headed in a way that people are going to have to reach into their money and they're going to have to pay you with their money instead mm-hmm. of their like free money insurance card. And you better be good because they 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 don't care if you're any good if they don't have to pay for it. But when they have to pay for it, you'd better be good. And that was it. I was like, 
oh, I'm not going to be run of the mill. I'm not going to be mediocre. Like I'm going to do this thing and I want to get, I want to get good at this. And this is where I'm going to get good is right here in this class. And I'm going to do it again as soon as I can. Yeah. It's such a good point. You know, back in the eighties and nineties, it was so cheap for people and they just would come in. I still see it in Florida a lot because the auto accident coverage is is great, pays very well, doesn't cost the, the, the patient anything. So they'll come into any run-of-the-mill clinic because they don't it doesn't cost them anything, right? Mm-hmm. But when you start asking for money and real money and, and all that, you better be good. So yeah, perfect results. Yeah, they do. And they want to they want to um they they want to know like when they, there's a tangible difference of when you go to a good chiropractor and a bad one, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's usually they get off that table and say, wow, that was a great experience versus not. And it, it, it can be very tangible. So yeah. uh, that was a good, good advice by, by Dr. King for sure. And so now what is one of your favorite memories of being at an MPI seminar? Um, <laughs> hands down, my favorite memory was when Mark was teaching and he tripped over the projector <laughs> screen thing and he just <laughs> fell flat on the ground and he just hopped right back up and laughed at himself. And, you know, I mean, he's six, seven. So like, yeah. it's not, it not like Sarah Mackey falling, like, he's, like <laughs> so far from the ground. And then he just toppled over and he was like, well, that sucked. And he got right back up and kept lecturing. I mean, that was not that's like, like a, a, that's like an oak tree falling down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not a, uh, not a favorite clinical moment, obviously. Yeah. My, favorite, my favorite moment, um, was the, uh, was the first time that I had my foot adjusted. Mm. like I had never had my midfoot adjusted and I just could not believe what that felt like. Um, and it was, I was just like, Oh my gosh. And a student actually did it on accident. Like he was just mm. setting up for a palpation. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Whoa, what just happened? <laughs> and it felt so good. That, um, that's good. Yeah. It, do you do a lot of that in practice? Oh my gosh. I address extremities. I multiple times per day. I'm not, I'm sometimes not every patient, but most Mm -hmm. of the time my patients are getting extremities adjusted, you know, depending upon what they have going on. But I mean, the hips, the SC Mm -hmm. joints, the feet, all of it. I mean, I don't adjust a lot of wrists and elbows, but. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I think it's like a lost art. A lot of chiropractors is extremity work. Yeah, but it makes such a difference. And I've I've had patients who have, you know, seen chiropractors for years and then I go to mess with their feet and they're like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) You haven't had this done before? That's strange to me. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So let's, um, let's tie the, tie a nice bow on this. And we've, we've dove into some clinical stuff for sure. And that's obviously really the foundation of all this. You got to be good clinical. We know that, but let's put that aside for a minute. And uh, what other attributes have helped you build and run a successful practice? Uh, Something that I learned from specifically from interning with Mark, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, he talked about it in the seminars, but to see it in action, he has a system for everything. Mm -hmm. And I still probably have, you know, 25 years of practice to get quite to the level that he is at, but systems that you can rely on and putting those into place before you need them, mm-hmm. that was just huge for me of when this happens, this is what happens because mm-hmm. we have a system for that and not just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, which may be a little bit more in line with how I usually do things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the seated scan is, I, that's more of a clinical thing, but it's also yeah. just essentially like managing the time with a patient of this is giving me a lot of global information in a very short period of time. 
and I really kind of know where I'm going to focus with just this very short interaction that gives me a ton of info, you know, um, and, and focusing on the basics because you can get the fancy new laser if you want to, you can get the, you know, whatever, like we have an infrared sauna at my practice and it's amazing and people love it, but they're not going to feel better just from going to a sauna. They're going to feel better if they get adjusted and then they follow it up with a sauna, you know, or vice versa. But sticking with the basics, you can add on from there, but if you have the basics, then you're in a much better place. I knew Mark was in his systems when he, when I first heard him talk about, he's got like mirror, mirror image rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that it was okay. This guy's not messing around. So. No, he's not messing around. I mean, he had the doorbells. Uh huh. You know, uh, all of it, and the the like dry erase things that he would write on to send the patients to PT. Like, okay, yeah. I want you to come here. I mean, he was all over it. He had system after system that guy has. Yeah, for sure. So that's great. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you find yourself usually pretty confident and brave? Uh, yes. Is that natural for you? <laughs> it's kind of, it is. And I wish that I had a reason for it or uh -huh. something that I could share with other people that might help them achieve yeah. that as well. But I just kind of do. Okay. I was, I asked that because you started your practice right out of the gates and that's uh, no matter what the circumstances are, that's brave and it takes some confidence. But um, aside from that, uh, what piece of advice do you have for the chiropractor who is just starting out, whether it is, you know, working, uh, you maybe right out of, right out of school wanting to open up or is trying to make the leap of faith from going to an associate to their own practice. What, what piece of advice do you have for them? Um, I, I would say be, be proud of what you do, mm -hmm. um, you know, and what you can do. You don't, you don't want to oversell. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I will confidently tell my patients, I legally cannot guarantee you services, but I can tell you that I've seen this before and I've had success with it, mm -hmm. you know? And, yep. and so I'm confidently sharing with them what I know that I am capable of doing. And it's not me. It's just the fact that I have this tool set that's really, mm -hmm. really powerful. And if I trust that, and I trust that, you know, if, if there is a neuromusculoskeletal issue and a biomechanical issue at hand, then I'm going to be able to help the patient in front of me. Mm -hmm. And then when that, if that doesn't work, then I know with confidence that it's because there's another issue going on here. Mm -hmm. So let's either investigate that or refer out. Yep. I, I'm, I'm confident with the tool set that I have that I'm going to be able to narrow that down. And so well, I can tell the patient in front of me, I can help you. And if I can't, then I will know that. So you mentioned, you know, tell the patient in front of you, would you, would you consider a strong suit of yours is able to like look them in the eye, talk to them, level with them, communicate where you're not speaking over their head, but you're really being able to, you know, resonate with them. Is that something that you, you would say you're strong at and, and developed over time? What would you say to that? I, I've always found words to be interesting and intriguing mm -hmm. and powerful and the way that you use them can really significantly change what's going on around you. So mm -hmm. that's always been something that has kind of piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say that when, um, when I'm communicating with patients, I let them know at the, at the outset, and this is one of the things I have a lot of healthcare professionals who come to me mm -hmm. and I tell them that I will speak to them in very plain English about things that they may know jargon for. Ah, yeah. When yeah. they're in my office, 
Mm -hmm. I am going to treat them like a patient instead of forcing them to wear their doctor hat or their yep. nurse hat or their PT hat so that they can actually be the patient instead of trying to doctor themselves. And so I'll, I will let them know, I may say a lot of things that you already know, because I know that you're smart and I know that you have a tool set, but if you know, if you could do these things for yourself, you already would have. And so mm -hmm. I'm here to kind of help guide you through that. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to speak to you the way that I speak to the rest of my patients, mm -hmm. which is not, oh, you've got, you know, a pinched nerve when there's not a pinched nerve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've yeah. got a foot on the fire hose. Like that, I'm, I'm not <laughs> up. And so when I'm speaking to them about what's going on, I let them know if you're not comfortable with me using anatomical terms, oh. let me know but I'm not going to say your shoulder when I'm adjusting your SC joint. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say your hip when I'm adjusting your SI joint. Mm -hmm. You know, my, yeah. when my front office manager started, she was like, where is the sacrum? Cause I hear you say sacrum every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's your favorite word. I was like, it's not my favorite word, but I do probably describe that to a lot of patients. Cause they'll say their tailbone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, technically, you know, I, yeah, know, yeah. I um, I, I just like to be very upfront with my patients about mm -hmm. what's going on. Like if this is your body, I am helping to work with it, but I'm not going to tell you things about it that aren't true. And I'm not going to speak over you or, mm -hmm. you know, try to impress you with my fancy jargon because you know, it's, it's not from Mark, but it's a quote that Mark says all the time, which they don't know how much you, uh, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, for sure. True. You know, when you're, when your patient is sitting in front of you, if you can constantly tell them that you're able to help them and you want to help them, mm -hmm. you know, then you don't, you don't have to sell them fancy, shiny, non-existent terminology. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, and it's like, if you can combine that confidence and the communication to like really level with them with some bedside manner, it's amazing uh, what you can get accomplished. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, MPI really gave me this, this kind of enthusiasm for mm -hmm. what I was learning and what I was able to do that, you know, eight years into practice, I'm still carrying that with me. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm letting my patients experience that enthusiasm. I'm letting mm -hmm. them, you know, feed off of that a little bit, because yep. if I come in there kind of just ho-hum and like, oh, another day at the office, they're not, they're not going to respond as well because they're going to be experiencing that as kind of a, lower level of, of energy in the room. And they're, mm -hmm. you know, they don't, they don't deserve that. They're coming to me and they're paying me money. They want to get the highest quality service. Yeah. Let me, I want to ask a question. I wasn't planning on it, but um, do you feel like there's anything in your practice other than patient notes? Cause that's just like paying taxes. Like no one wants to do it, but you have to do it <laughs> um, that you are. Is there anything in your practice that you're doing that you're not fascinated and motivated by? Oh, um, Sorry to put you on a spot. No, that's okay. I, mm -hmm. Just that honestly, I, um, this just can be a very polarizing topic, but mm -hmm. I am, so I am asking every single one of my patients if mm -hmm. they want me to wear a mask. Yep. Because, uh, so I have a couple of patients who were assaulted by a medical professional during mm -hmm. their birth. It's unfortunately a very common uh, thing that happens in our country. Um, yeah. I'm going to cut an episiotomy. No, you do not have my permission to do that. And then they do it anyways. And so wow. you know, I have several patients who've experienced that. And yep. so what they're experiencing in a grocery store is just repetition of the trauma that they experienced mm. from birth. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, and I have, uh, I have a patient who 
was actually kidnapped again. She's just reliving her trauma. She's had horrible insomnia since COVID hit because Mm -hmm. everywhere she sees the people who grabbed her and took her in a van, like it's, it's horrible. You know, I have patients who English is not their first language. I have patients who are hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, I have several patients who a mask is preventing them from getting good care. Uh, and, and still respecting the fact that I have several patients who are immune compromised. I have several patients who have families who are immune compromised. Mm-hmm. I have several patients who are very anxious and very scared right now. And, see, and them seeing people not in masks is really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just kind of where I am struggling because mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, masks are mandated in North Carolina. And yep. so I, I have to wear a mask, but... I want my patients to know that their care is the most important thing when they're in my office. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, it's, it's a thing that I'm, that I have been struggling with for the past, you know, since they mandated masks. Yeah. That's, I, there's a lot of, a lot of that going on. Obviously it's a, a tough time with that. Um, I, you know, I asked the question too, because uh, I'm a member of strategic coach, which is an entrepreneur coaching group. And their biggest thing is, getting you to focus on your unique abilities and delegating everything else. And Mm -hmm. the difference between say a unique ability and an excellent activity is that uh, you may be great or excellent at something, but it doesn't fascinate and motivate you. Whereas a unique ability is something you're doing that really fascinates and motivates you. And it just seems like uh, talking to you for 30 minutes or so, you're really fascinated and motivated by practice and not like burning out or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially, you know, being a parent, I, and, and homeschooling, you know, so yep. it's not like when I'm, uh, when I'm home that I'm off, mm-hmm. you know? And so yep. I, I really do need to kind of protect my, my energy expenditure. And so yep. I actually, I practice three days a week. Perfect. Which when I, what, when I first started out, I was practicing six days a week. Like, oh, you want to come in on Sunday at four? I'd love to see you. You know, like, <laughs> like anytime somebody wanted to be seen. Um, but I realized quickly that I, you know, being a chiropractor is mentally, emotionally, and physically draining because yes. it's a it's a very hands-on manual labor that you mm-hmm. are up and down and all over and, you know, lifting up a larger patient's leg in order to get to the hip. And, you know, you're, you're doing manual work all day. It's also mentally challenging because every single patient that walks in, you know, you're going through the list of differential diagnoses and you're looking for red flags or yellow flags or just kind of trying to get pinpoint of, of what's going on with this specific patient. But then emotionally, you know, you're holding space for a lot. Like, I mean, I told you about these, these traumas that my patients have experienced. Yep. They're talking to every practitioner about this, but they know that I am a place where they can talk about these things. And people cry in my office all of the time. I have tissues everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's totally fine that they do that because I think honestly, you know, holding on to all of those things is not healthy for anybody. And so getting them out of your system is part of your healthcare. Um, and so I realized like, I can't, do that six, seven days a week. Oh, no. And when I, when my son was born, I had planned on taking maternity leave and then going back to full-time practice. And then I was like, you know what? I actually, this is great. I'm just mm-hmm. going to, and, and for a while I did two days a week. And then I did um, change that to three days and I've stuck there. And that's, yeah. it's, it's been great. You know, my practice is open five days a week, but uh, I am 
physically practicing three days a week. That's how I am too. We're open five days, but I'm only Monday and Thursday now, which has been, it's been nice. I had, I just had my first son three and a half months ago, right during this pandemic. <laughs> it, yeah. So it's been great to be able to spend more time and everything. So yeah, it's yeah, uh, huge. And you know, I mean, I, I want to be a chiropractor mm-hmm. and so, but I also want to be a parent. So I can't, I can't, you know, I, I can't tank out. I, yep. I can't run out of steam. I, I gotta, I gotta stick with it, you know? So I, yep. I need to do it in a way where I can kind of have my boundaries of what, what time is okay to do these things. Yeah. It seems like you're very, um, very honest with yourself. Yeah. I find it really hard to lie <laughs> a couple of times and it just, uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people do it for a long time, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's tough, but I mean, I have, but when I do, it never works out. So like, what's the point here? Exactly. <laughs> you learn those lessons over time. Right. But all right. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. This was really, really good. Um, I could just kind of get the, the vibe of energy and, and, uh, enjoyment you get out of the profession. So thank you for sharing uh, your story and, well, I randomly, I'll just, I'll send Mark a text just like every once in a while. I just want to let you know, I'm really grateful for MPI because, yep. you know, like it's still, it's, it's really kind of carried me through and, and given me so much. So I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to chat today. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Before you go, this is Kevin again. I want to invite you to our new website, modernchiropracticmarketing.com. It's the same URL as before, but we completely revamped it. Uh, We've got a really well-developed blog on there now where we've got guest contributors and myself putting blogs on there at least a couple times a month and good information. We've got the podcast on there with the links to download it, but also each show now has very well-developed show notes links and the transcript in it so you can get all that information there if there's anything you heard on the episode it's all found right into there so we've got a nice uh, podcast section for it and then also you'll see on the home page we've got some other ways you can uh, get the content from us obviously there's a podcast I really encourage you to subscribe uh, there's also you can request to join the free Facebook group that is also called the modern chiropractic marketing uh, group and that is free and request to join you do have to be a chiropractor there's a couple questions you'll answer but a lot of good information there so we'd love to have you inside there Uh, next we have the chiropractic success academy which you can enroll in uh, for many parts of the year you have to join a wait list and then we do we open it up the next time it's being open is uh, in october of of 2019 and so if you're hearing this uh, now Uh, just join the wait list we'd love to have you inside there and then lastly um, there is some one-on-one coaching which we're calling uh, the MCM mastery and that's because I am helping you master the principles of the uh, of what we discuss uh, in all the you know the, the podcast the Facebook group and giving you a clear path to implementing this in your practice and ultimately optimizing it and automating it making your your practice predictable as far as uh, cash flow and so there'll also a lot be a lot of business uh, coaching and accountability uh, presently that is filled i have a limited amount of people i can help out and i want to make sure that when i am helping out chiropractors one-on-one i can give them my full attention so i had to cap it at a certain number but feel free to fill out the form request uh, do spots do open up and so you can ask me 
and I'd love to have you if there is a spot there so check that out and uh, I hope you find this website and especially the content aspect of it that we develop uh, very useful for you my, my goal always is to uh, provide you with as much free information as possible and then uh, we could take it from there if you need the dots to be connected a little bit more that's why we have the chiropractic success academy and the mc and the mcm mastery talk to you next episode